borrow that one from Roy Cummings' uh, DVD collection or CD collection. Welcome <laughs> to a few extra bucks, everybody. Our Bucks podcast here on pewterpirates.com. A little social distortion, a little I was wrong because I was dead wrong. I thought the Bucks would go into Carolina and lose that football game. So many positives to talk about. Let's bring in Justin Thomas and Roy Cummings. And uh, Roy, you may have had the tweet of the evening that uh, maybe the the big storyline was who would have thought that Peyton Barber would outrush Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I don't think anybody uh, saw that coming, obviously. Um, but that's a testament <laughs> no. to that's a testament to uh, you know, to the Bucks' defense and the way it's playing right now, and the fact that the Bucks are are committed to the running game and and getting something out of it. So um, you know, it's uh, to me, it's a, it's a great sign for Tampa Bay because I'll tell you what what else is a great sign for Tampa Bay is that. Uh, after two home games, Carolina's 0-2, and after a road and a home game, Bucks are 1-1. So, uh, hey, they're out of the cellar, man. How long it lasts, Tampa Bay, that is. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, nobody expected uh, Christian McCaffrey to come up on the short end of the stick against Peyton Barber or any of the other Bucks running backs, for that matter. Yeah, you mentioned the defense, though. I mean, no JPP. Devin White goes out. Uh, by the way, no Gerald McCoy in there either. And the defense just steps up to me at every segment of, uh, of that D. And, uh, you know, we're going to give our game balls in just a second. We're going to have more likely at the end. you got to stick around for that. But, Justin Thomas, uh, I was I was just kind of shocked how good so many people played in that game for the Bucks. Were you surprised at all? Yeah, I was definitely surprised. Um, but also, not to take away from the Bucks' defense, I, I think they've played great the last two games. I, I was shocked by how bad Cam Newton is, and and I kind of wonder if it was half Bucks defense looking better and half Cam Newton having a horrible game. Yeah, Cam Newton to me, he's obviously playing with pain, and and, and Roy, you may disagree with me on this. We tend to disagree sometimes, but <laughs> I, my my thing with 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 fans and media, everybody went crazy. Why didn't Cam Newton just jump over the pile for the first down? Um, a, I, you know. I think a lot of people saw that coming. And B, Cam Newton is not Cam Newton. I actually like the Christian McCaffrey call. I know they used that play a week ago, and I'm sure Todd Bowles and company you know, were looking for it. But to me, if if Cam Newton is stuffed, you get the media, you get the fans saying, what are they doing? They knew that was coming the whole time. But instead, you criticize the McCaffrey play because Newton, you can't win. If you're a coach, you right. can't win, Roy. Right. No, you're right. And, you know, geez, what a shock it is now all of a sudden someone's questioning the decision to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey, who I, I said on a radio interview prior to the start of last night's game, guys, um, I, I think he might be the best football player in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, you know, just pure football player. He, he's an excellent player. He had 200 plus yards the week before uh, in all purpose yards. And uh, it's just the Bucks made a point, though, and uh, – of, of not letting Christian McCaffrey beat them. They got, they rallied 11, you know, players to the, to the ball on defense. Um, they, they really had him keyed in and zoned in. And when you want to stop a guy, that's how you do it. Uh, maybe the Bucks have seen the tape on, uh, on, on Cam Newton and, and have figured out that, you know what, that guy's not going to beat us throwing the ball. He's not going to be right. running the ball right now. That's what, you know, that's what scouting reports and, and film study and that kind of stuff is for, is to come up with those kind of, um, you know, that, that kind of insight. And maybe the Bucks, you know, took a look at the, the tape from last week and said, 
are you kidding me? We don't have to worry about this guy. We can beat him as long as we pressure him and cover tight and and just make tackles after the catch. If you know on the plays where he does get the ball out, and uh, you know, so it worked out. I mean, but I think they it clear. It was clear to me that they went into that game uh, absolutely determined that if they were going to lose, they weren't going to lose by uh, allowing Christian McCaffrey to give up to get 180 yards uh, total offense. That just wasn't going to happen, and they uh, they pulled it off. I agree with you. He may be the best player in the NFL, just all the stuff that he can do. And if Cam Newton continues to be injured, they got to think about getting another quarterback and not wasting those Christian McCaffrey years because uh, he's going to demand more and more money. He's already uh, such a valuable commodity in that team. And, and, you know, for years, Cam Newton didn't have a lot of help. I mean, they reached the Super Bowl without, you know, big time running backs or big time wide receivers. You got to give him credit, but clearly Cam Newton is not the Cam Newton of old. I saw an interesting tweet from some national site that said, uh, we saw on Thursday Night Football uh, Cam Newton turn into Jameis Winston and Jameis Winston turn into Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised somebody says that. But, uh, hey, look, all right, and here I go. I'll defend Jameis Winston. We've seen this Jameis Winston before. I don't know if I said it in the last – I think I did say it after the last game. Um, you go back and look at the last seven games from last year – and there are other uh, stretches like this in his career where Jameis Winston looks like the quarterback you want him to be, um, where he looks like he can be a franchise quarterback. Again, last seven games of last year, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions, tack on what happened yesterday and even what happened last week, those numbers are pretty good. So over the course of his last nine games, uh, Jameis Winston's looking pretty good, actually. And uh, he, sure, he, he surely looked good yesterday. I mean, that, that long pass to Mike Evans, dropped it right in the bucket, had another one just like it to Chris Godwin. Godwin couldn't stay in bounds, unfortunately, but that was another nice throw. And it just looked to me last night as if Jameis, the message got through that you can't let certain things happen uh, to you. And, and you, you can't allow yourself to make silly mistakes uh, and he can kind of flip that switch where he, where he doesn't make those silly mistakes, where he throws the ball away or hits the check down instead of trying to force it. To me, what we saw last night is an indication that Jameis Winston hears the message from Bruce Arians and Clyde Christensen and Todd uh, and Byron Leftwich, and that uh, it's getting through because I, I think we saw a different mindset as much as we saw a different physical player yesterday. Well, Roy, he didn't play good last week, though. I mean, no. we got to admit that he did. He didn't play good last week, so you got to give him credit on a short week uh, for rebounding the way he did. Uh, I, I typed this on Twitter last night. I thought this was the first time in a while I thought the Bucks were actually letting Jameis Winston down. I mean, the drop passes, no protection, the penalties. You know, it should it shouldn't have been that close. The Bucks should have won by a bigger margin, in large part because of the things Jameis Winston did. Um, the one thing I, I will notice about his play, I don't know if you noticed this though, he's holding on to the ball too long, and he's checking down more than he use, usually does, which I think is good. But I don't want Jameis Winston to totally abandon what has made him great in terms of uh, creating plays and, and 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 running a little bit. I feel like he is a game manager more now and he's more kind of timid because of all the interceptions, because of all the criticisms. I think he played great last night, but I want him to kind of meet me halfway between game manager and interception machine. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I, 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 because I think you're right actually, but um, look, if you take away some of that, you know, that, that devil may care kind of approach, you may not get some of those special plays that, 
you know, James Winston is is somewhat known. Oh, I agree with that. That's why I want more, a little more of that. Not too much, but just a little bit more than I saw yeah. last night. But in order to do that, you got to take chances. And, and and I think you know, look, if he takes chances where you have to take chances, you know, when you're down by twelve points or whatever, I I, I don't have a problem with that. He's going to take his chances. But I, I did like the player I saw last night. I think he took his shots when he when they were there. He didn't force anything. That's what I like the most is he just – he didn't force anything. If that shot is there, um, that's fine. Now, he did take one sack where he was kind of running around inside the pocket, you know, never giving up on trying to find a play uh, to make uh, at one point. I, that's another thing where I think I'd like to see him throw the ball away at some point. But, um, again, you're not going to get it all in one, you know, in one, uh, uh, one week. He's, he's going to improve steadily if he's going to improve – and become the player the Bucks really believe he can be and need him to be. So uh, I'm confident that uh, last night was a good step forward. Yes, he, he did not look good in any way, physically, mentally, uh, decision-making-wise, the whole bit, uh, two weeks ago against San Francisco. Last night was a big step forward because decision-making was better, execution was better, threw the ball better, um, just seemed more comfortable in the pocket. Uh, so I thought last night was a big step forward, an indication that he can be that quarterback this team needs him to be. And again, when I say that, he doesn't have to be the star. He just needs to, to be a guy who distributes the ball efficiently. That'll do it. And I think that's what he's got to learn. And hopefully that's the message he's getting from Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich is that you don't have to be the star. Just be the guy who distributes the ball efficiently and soundly. If you do that, the rest of the, the, the playmakers they have here – are gonna are gonna do it for you because you know what they haven't even touched barely touched the surface uh, of what Mike Evans can do yet this year. OJ Howard has looked horrible. Uh, they haven't used Cameron Braid enough uh, in terms of you know what we're actually getting out of him because a couple of touchdown passes were wiped off the board two weeks ago. So there's still weapons out there that they haven't really even uh, scratched the surface in terms of using. And yet here they are one and one and coming off a game where James looked really good. So. I think there's a lot of good stuff ahead for him if he just uh, keeps his head on straight. Yeah, we'll get to O.G. Howard in just a second. Uh, but let's give out game balls. We're kind of going to institute this the rest of the year as we recap the Bucks games and look ahead to the next game. But, Justin Thomas, uh, who would you give your game ball to for the Bucks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a uh, career high in tackles for one game. He had the big tackle at the end. Uh, you know, Vernon Hargraves, we talked about this, Roy. He's had a lot of criticism, and a lot of it's justifiable since he was a first-round pick and only had one pick uh, entering this season. But he's always faced the fire. He's never made excuses. And for a young player, that's rare, and that's pretty refreshing. So uh, I think Vernon Hargraves is an excellent selection. But who is your game ball? 
Who does it go to, Roy Cummings? Well, I, you know, Vern Hargraves is a real good pick. Uh, he's not my pick, but it can't knock you for it. I mean, obviously, you know, led the team in tackles with 12, had a pass breakup, had the big stop at the end. But you know what he did better than anything? He gave up some passes. He allowed some some uh, receptions in front of him. But you know what? The, he really, except for one play, nobody ever really got behind him very much and, and really beat him. I mean, his ability to tackle last night was critical because they were picking on him and throwing his way a lot. And um, they just didn't, you know, he didn't allow them to to really break the game open by throwing at him that way. So that's what was important to me about Vernon Hargraves was that he did an excellent job of tackling last night. And I think a lot of times with cornerbacks, that's taken uh, – not enough emphasis is put on their ability to tackle a guy and get him down after he makes the catch. He did a great job of that last night. He didn't do as good a job, however, throughout the game as Shaq Barrett. Three sacks for 20 yards, four quarterback hits overall. Uh, look, the, that kid disrupted all night long. And, Justin, I know you've seen him play a lot uh, there in Denver, but this is a guy who really has just been waiting for an opportunity to play a lot of snaps. Uh, he played 85% of the snaps in game one, played another good chunk last night, and this guy's earning the opportunity to play 99, 100% of the snaps uh, each game because he is a disruptive quality in that uh, defensive front for the Bucks. Yep. He's a guy teams are going to have to start game planning, planning for because uh, he ain't going to surprise anybody anymore, man, not with four sacks leading the <laughs> NFL. Yeah, Jason Lights had uh, taken his lumps in free agency, but uh, maybe that's why they gave him the extension because they signed Shaq Barrett. What do you think, Roy? Maybe that was part of it. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say that, that Bruce Arians had a little bit to do with that one. But, hey, you know, at the end of the day, Shelton Quarles, Jason Light, they, they know who's out there and what guys can do. And really it's a matter of when they brought in Shaq Barrett, a lot of people kind of shrugged their shoulders and some people probably rolled their eyes and said who. And, you know, a lot of people didn't know about him. But right away, right out of the box, Jason Light and obviously Bruce Arians both said, hey, Watch out, guys. This is a guy who can play. You don't really know much about him. Hasn't been given him much of a chance. And here he is. He gets a chance with the Bucks. And right now he's he's one of the top defensive players uh, in the NFL right now. So leading the team in sacks. Here's the thing, leading the league in sacks. But, um, look, it, they knew some talent was out there. and It was just an opportunity of give him a chance to play uh, on the front line as opposed to a reserve role where, where he's behind a couple of pro bowlers. So, hey, maybe he is a pro bowler himself. We'll find out. Yeah, you know, Shaq Barrett is is a great choice. I think Vernon Hargraves is a great choice. But I'm going to give my game ball to one Todd Bowles. Look at the mess that was the Bucks defense a year ago. The worst unit in the NFL. They fire Mike Smith. They bring on uh, the Duffmeister, Mark Duffner. He couldn't create his magic. Todd Bowles, in a short amount of time, has really brought this unit together and played to their strengths. I mean, Vernon Hargraves playing press corner. You got the defensive line that doesn't have JPP, and you bring in Indomitian Sue. And, you know, to me, every all the young guys in the secondary, I know it's early, but they look good in week one. They look good this past week with the Carolina Panthers. So Todd Bowles gets my game ball. I think he's doing a great job, and, uh, um, you know, hats off to him. Uh, let, let's look ahead here a little bit, Roy. You know, they got the, the murderous schedule coming up with so many road games in a row. With a, uh, they'll be away from Tampa for six weeks, but they have the New York Giants coming in, a Giants team that, that lost to the Redskins. I was the Cowboys in the season opener. And 
I don't think this is a great football team. I'm not saying it's a must win, but with so many road games coming up, you got to win this game against the Giants. Yeah, you do because, and here's here's why. Um, not, I'm not worried about necessarily what what happens beyond. I know it's a tough road trip up ahead. I'm not worried about that. What I'm thinking and why I believe they need to win this game, you know, I mean, you need to win all the games you can. But look, the Giants are a beatable team. It's a winnable game. It's at home. You've got momentum right now. You've got some confidence based off of what you did against Carolina. You're coming home against your own in front of your own fans. This is a moment that the Bucks have had a couple of opportunities to, you know, take advantage of the opportunity and take advantage of the moment in, in the last couple of years, and they failed almost every time. Come off a nice win somewhere, come home. Fans are excited to see you, and 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 you know they 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 lay a dud, right? Well, they can't do that. That you got to build off of this victory. Take advantage of the fact that the schedule's giving you a game at home against a very beatable team with a young quarterback that probably isn't uh, ready to play just yet. So I, I think it's a great opportunity to build some momentum going into that long stretch um, and develop some confidence And because this team needs to learn how to win and, and know what winning is like and feel that. So uh, you, you can't take a step backwards here. You've got to keep building on what you've got. You know, even game one, there was something to build off of there. Defensively, uh, with the running game, uh, there was something to build off of. Now they did build off of it. They built off, of, off it with a victory. Now you got to continue to build on top of this victory by, go, by going out and playing at least as sound as you did against Carolina, if not a little bit better in some of those areas where you're still a little bit deficient. So, yeah, big game, big opportunity in front of your home crowd for the last time in a month and a half. Uh, yeah, you, you do need to win this game for a lot of reasons, but more than anything, it's, it continues to build confidence and momentum. We'll do more likely in just a second, but I'm looking at the schedule. You know, they have the Giants on next Sunday, but then you have the Rams on the road, the Saints on the road, back-to-back, and that's you're just getting warmed up after that. I think if they can do anything early on, Bruce Arians is the kind of guy that will rally around this road trip. But, yeah, you got to win that game against the Giants to kind of set the tone. You have a winning record going into the roadie, and I think you'd leave yourself a little margin for error as well. Well, Justin, you know what time it is. More likely, baby, three hypotheticals regarding the Bucks. We always mix in a little pop culture in the end. I'm really going to have fun with our last more likely question. But our first one, Justin, you will go first and then Roy. The biggest disappointment in the Bucks' victory over the Carolina Panthers, we talked about all the high points. Is it O.J. Howard or is it Bruce Arians, who to me you know, calls back-to-back timeouts, doesn't challenge the spot. He really could have hurt the Bucks if uh, – they, if Vernon Hargraves doesn't step up and stop McCaffrey and they don't run out the clock, and he would have been a big goat on the road. So who was your bigger disappointment, O.G. Howard, who has been invisible so far, or Bruce Arians? Before you even gave me the options, uh, in my head I immediately went to O.J. Howard. So that's who I'm going to go with. I remember before the season started, this was someone that everyone was talking about having a breakout year, uh, even in fantasy leagues. He was top five, tight end, a pickup. And my poor wife, who has him as his uh, her tight end in her league, all game was screaming, where is O.J. Howard? He's not getting <laughs> anything. And uh, I, I, I was shocked. Like you said, Mike, he's, he's been non-existent. 
I know Arians doesn't tend to use tight ends as much as uh, maybe past offenses that the Bucks have had, but uh, I still I thought for sure with his skill sets, his talent, that he would be showing up. And uh, I have to wonder, is this a, just Bruce Arians decided not to use him, or is there something else going on? Yeah, he uh, had some breakdowns in, in pass protection in the game. Not only that, and not not catching balls, but it's just a mystery to me because I think in our preseason podcast, I pre- predicted him as the breakout star. So I was I've been wrong a lot in this podcast from start to OG Howard. But Roy, uh, who's the biggest disappointment, Arians or OG Howard? You know, I'm going to go with Bruce Arians, uh, and here's why. I'll start. I'll pick up where where Justin left off with the fact that he just he hasn't even really targeted the tight ends much. Um, granted, he targeted Cameron Bray, but um, I'm not sure that, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure the play calling has been as good as I thought it would be. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of confidence in Byron Leftwich and, and I understand that, but I'm not quite sold just yet on Byron Leftwich as a play caller uh, because he has kind of ignored some of the real uh, uh, good weapons that the team has. Why he's done that, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't, you know, I don't know, maybe there's something going on with O.G. Howard we don't know about. Um, Mike Evans hasn't been targeted much. Um, so I'm not quite sure about the play calling, number one. I'll start with that. Number two, yeah, a couple of missed opportunities, I think, for the coaches last night. Um, you know, there was that one uh, they really could have, you know, turned the game around. Uh, Panthers get a first down on uh, kind of reaching the ball forward, and it was clear – it was the one where the uh, the officials really kind of messed it up. I mean, they ended yeah. up spotting the ball about a, at least a yard ahead of where the guy really uh, was yep. down. And for whatever re- reason, at the two-minute warning, that Bruce Arians decided, ah, I'm good, and uh, handed the, the flag to his uh, assistant there and said, you know, put it in your pocket. I don't need this anymore. I, I thought that was a mistake. Um, maybe he didn't want to waste the time out, but I just thought there were uh, a couple of a couple of situations there where – Challenges could have been made, and they weren't. And uh, and the other thing is, um, you know, Bruce Arians talked a lot about everybody buying in, being smart football players, playing smart. Still, yeah. too many penalties and too many dumb penalties. So, and that and that's on the coaching staff. So, right now, I'm going to say Bruce Arians just a little bit over uh, over uh, OJ Howard. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to pick Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians has done a lot of great things in terms of uh, the culture of this football team, and I think he's going to help Jameis Winston. Uh, Lord knows what he said to him after that first game. Um, I saw him kind of walk up to him before the game. I didn't see Dirk Cutter do a lot of that last year, so I think Bruce Arians obviously has done a lot, but we got to call him out when he doesn't. And if they would have lost that football game, Roy, Bruce Arians, man, he really would have had to answer a lot of questions. And he knew it right when he walked up to the podium after the game in Carolina. He said, you know, basically I screwed up in a lot of ways, to paraphrase him. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of weird things going on with Bruce Arians in terms of how he not only – I know Brian, Byron left, which is calling the game, but just decisions from the double timeouts to the, you know, not reviewing plays he should. So I'm going to pick Bruce Arians. You know, Jason Light, uh, you know, we ripped him uh, quite a bit, uh, deservingly so, for his drafts and his free agents, probably more me than Roy. But if you look at the class of 2018 – that draft class now has potential to be pretty good. More likely, out of these three guys who have all kind of bounced back so far this year, uh, who do you think will have the best year for the Bucks in the class of 2018? They all may have good years, which will make that class better. But who do you think will have the best year more likely? Vita Vea, Ronald Jones, or, or MJ Stewart? Uh, I've noticed Vita Vea stuck out to me 
as has Ronald Jones. Now, obviously, this last game, uh, Ronald Jones seemed to be injured. So, um, is this going forward? You think, or just that to this point? Yes. Yeah, the rest of the year. I have to say, I've been impressed with MJ Stewart and uh, Carlton Davis. I think they've also stood out to me. So since uh, MJ Stewart was one of your options, I, I'll, I'll go with him. I, I think it seems to be starting to click with him, and hopefully going forward he'll just continue to improve. I could see him being a standout. Yeah, Carlton had a couple rough plays down the stretch, but I think he has a, an awful lot of potential. If both those guys can step up, uh, along with Vita Van, Ronald Jones, suddenly that class of 2018 is the best one of the Jason Light era. Uh, Roy, what do you think? Vita Vea, Ronald Jones, or MJ Stewart the rest of the way? Tell you what, to me, it's a toss-up between uh, Vita Vea and Ronald Jones. Uh, I think they both, you know, obviously struggled as rookies, uh, didn't get a lot of playing time, didn't really show a lot, and, you know, at all. And, and Vita Vea's case showed up late. Um I, so to me, it's a bit of a coin toss between the two because I think they're both going to be good. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, maybe Ronald Jones ends up being the little bit, a little bit more of the star player uh, for it'd probably be a shorter period of time. But I just think the kid's got the ability uh, to be uh, a feature back, uh, be a home run hitter, uh, be one of those guys that everybody talks about, uh, a real weapon for this team offensively. So. I'm going to go with Ronald Jones right now. I, I like I've liked what I've seen of him and the way he uh, he worked his way back from a tough rookie season. How he worked in the off season to make sure that he was prepared for this season, and um, uh, I really like what I see of him going forward. Uh, if he can stay healthy and you know get over these little things like this little toe injury, I think he can be a player. Damn, I'm agreeing with Roy way too much in this podcast. First, Bruce Arians. <laughs> And I like Ronald Jones a lot, too. You know, I like him personally from when, when I've dealt with him in the locker room. You could tell last year uh, he was just finding his way. And, you know, you heard reports of the offseason. You didn't know whether to believe him. Then in training camp he looked good. And now he's translating that into the first two games of the year. You know, Bruce Arians acknowledged that the, the toe injury, and if that hadn't happened, I think he would have had a bigger game against the Carolina Panthers. But I think he'll be healthy uh, at least, you know, hopefully nothing else happens to him. But moving forward, I think Ronald Jones is going to have a big year. I think Vita Vea is going to have a big year, too. And so is MJ Stewart. I guess my point is don't don't be quick to judge these draft classes. And uh, we're all guilty of it in the media, especially the fans, too. But 2018, uh, you know, maybe six months ago, looked like a horrible draft for Jason Light. And here we are six months later, and it looks pretty promising. All right, our final, final more likely um, – we have to uh, pay our condolences to a, a big favorite of mine. Roy may disagree, but Eddie Money passed away at the age of 70 today due to heart problems. Um, Eddie Money, to me, kind of an underrated guy. A lot of hits in the 70s, a lot of hits in the 80s. More likely, though, out of these solo artists, who was your favorite? And this may be tougher on Justin. I think it's going to be tougher on Justin than Roy and I. I'm going to throw out Sammy Hagar. I'm going to throw out Bruce Hornsby. I'm going to throw out John Waite, Richard Marks, or Eddie Money. you got to listen to their greatest hits. Which one are you picking? All right. I think half of those, I don't even know who they are. So, <laughs> so all right. Sammy Hagar, who were the other – the middle ones I don't recognize. Who were the middle ones? Do you know who Bruce Hornsby is? Uh, name sounds familiar. Wow. Richard Marks. Nope. John Waite. I know Tom Waite. <laughs> I think throw him in there too. Yeah. Uh, or Eddie Money. 
And, and because I like Eddie Money so much, maybe I made it easy. Yeah. Uh, well, of all of them, I've, I've never been a fan of Sammy Hagar. So, and he's the only other one I recognize outside of Eddie Money. So, I guess that leaves me with Eddie Money of the ones you mentioned. I mean, I could have thrown heavyweights out there. I could have thrown uh, Elton John or Billy Joel. Yeah, but we've done those before. Exactly. And and Eddie Money, as much as I love him, he's not really that upper echelon. He's kind of that, uh, I don't want to, you know, kind of the triple A. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, he's not like super arenas type. So, you know, Roy Cummings and his vast knowledge, and I'm not certainly not going to throw any Beatles in the mix here. So if you want to throw on another solo guy, I was thinking about Rod Stewart, but I think Rod Stewart's more kind of an A-list guy. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Money's not quite A-list for me, but Eddie Money, Bruce Hornsby, Richard Marks, John Waite, or Sammy Hagar. I'm going to go with Bruce Hornsby. Uh, I I like him a lot. I I, I liked, I mean, look, he's, he hasn't uh, aged well in terms of his music, but, uh, I think some of it's really still good. Um, you know, the way it is uh, was was a very good, uh, tremendous uh, album. Uh, had a tour off of that, obviously. Uh, came back with the scenes from the South Side. I, I thought he was very strong. Um, he's he's a versatile uh, guy. I mean, he's, he's not just really one style of music. Uh, he plays a lot of different genres. So uh, I'm going to go with Bruce Hornsby, uh because I think he was he was strong, and uh, let's see, I'm, I I assume the others had had some Grammy awards, but um, Bruce Hornsby's got uh, got an armful. If I would have thrown Rick Astley in there, would that have kind of turned the tide for you? It would have been tough, all right, between yeah. Bruce Hornsby and Rick Astley. But <laughs> Rick Astley really, what one hit? That's it. <laughs> good song, good song. Can't right. deny it. Good song, but uh, uh, Bruce Hornsby probably get uh, get the nod over uh, Rick Astley. I'm going to go for my man, Eddie Money. I, I like Eddie Money a lot. I like Two Tickets to Paradise, Take Me Home Tonight. He's got a lot of songs on his uh, old CDs that are actually weren't popular that I like, too, that are on my uh, running list. So, uh, Eddie Money, may you rest in peace. Big fan of your music. Uh, all the best to your family. Uh, but we always kind of end with the pop culture there. All right, before we go, predictions, Bucks, Giants, what you say, Justin? Giants defense is horrible, as they showed, versus the Cowboys. I think on paper this is a game the Bucks win. I think they do win. Uh, like Roy said, I think getting this huge win over Carolina is going to be instrumental to them gaining some confidence. And uh, I'm thinking Bucks 35, Giants 24. Wow. Big win for the Buccos. Roy, what do you think? Yeah, I think the Bucks win this one. Uh, home game, you know, look. They played well enough last week. I guess I shouldn't say that. They were in position to beat the 49ers and should have won that game. Uh, that one got screwed up on, on things that are easily corrected. Um, they came back on the road uh, in a game that nobody gave them any chance. I mean, like, hey, they were seven-point underdogs. One, I think they got some momentum going. And more than more importantly, I think they have in Bruce Arians a guy who knows how to – help a team build its build-off momentum and build on, on positive. So I think uh, as a group, I think they're going to be uh, very confident. They're going to be rested. Um, they're going to be at home. And I think uh, they're going to take full advantage of all those things. And uh, and I think they're going to put, you know, I think they'll, they should win uh, against the Giants rather handily. I don't know if it's going to be 35-24. I'll say it's more like 28-17. Uh, How about that? 
Nice. I'm writing these down. I think the Bucks will win. Correction. The Bucks better friggin' win this game because if they don't win this game, they're not home again until November 10th. Shame on you, Roger Goodell. Shame on you, NFL. And I just can't believe how bad the Bucks' schedule is. But the Bucks will win this game. I think they have to win this game. I think the defense. I heard somebody say, I forgot who said it. It's kind of accurate that uh, this Bucks defense may not be great, but they kind of think they're better than they are. And I think that's always good when you're an athlete. I think Todd Bowles is a big part of that. He's played to the strengths of a lot of these guys. I think the defense is believing. You know, one guy we didn't talk about was Kevin Minter, and I really like the way he stepped up in the absence of uh, Devin White. We'll see how his supposed knee sprain will be with an extra weekend of rest. But I like the way the defense is playing. I want to see a little more from Jameis. I love the running game. And they're doing all this without O.G. Howard. So if O.G. Howard steps up, I think that'll help Mike Evans and Chris Godwin will keep progressing. So a lot of positives for the Buckos. I think they win big, too. I don't think they can score more than 30 points. So I'm going to say 27-17 bucks over the New York football Giants. Well, Roy, any, any uh, parting words of wisdom before we uh, say goodbye? Parting words of wisdom are uh, this, this is just an example of how you can't get too high, can't get too low during the course of an NFL season. Uh, when a team comes out of the gate, plays a horrible game the way the Bucks did uh, or the way James Winston did, and you end up losing because you, you had far too many penalties and took points off the board for yourselves, you, you can't just think, you know, it's all the season's over. And a lot of fans thought it was. Here we go, same old Bucks. Well, now all of a sudden we're talking about, um, oh, it's not the same old Bucks. Well, this is a much better team. Look, look at how great the defense is. It all can change from week to week. You just got to take it from week to week and hope that some t- at some point a team like the Buccaneers can develop some kind of consistency and uh, consistently be better than they are bad. That's what you look for. You look for consistency. Bucks aren't there yet, but uh, there's some things we're starting to see that are consistent, like with the defense, uh, like with the running game. Uh, those are the those are the kind of things that you look for early on. Are there consistencies? And are the consistencies good consistencies? Things like solid defense, uh, good pass rush, uh, good running game, um, you know, defend, defensive backs playing tight to the ball, that kind of thing. Um, we're starting to see that, and to me that's a good sign going forward. I said this was a season of ifs going in. We're starting to see some of those ifs turn into uh, maybe uh, maybes. Maybe this Bucks defense will be great. Maybe Jameis Winston can improve. Maybe they finally have a running game. And, uh, by the way, Matt Gay, stop missing field goals. Uh, let, let's get all your field goals. We've had <laughs> enough of those uh, the past few seasons. If he makes that uh, field goal, then it's really not close down the stretch. Right. But I think there's a lot of positives of this football team right now, and uh, they're going to get the weekend off, and they're going to need it with this brutal schedule coming up. But we'll see what happens. Uh, that's another edition of your A Few Extra Bucks here on PeterPirates.com. Please subscribe to Peter Pirates. It's absolutely free. You can check us out on all the platforms from Podbean to iTunes to Stitcher to Spotify to Google. For our voice of reason, our producer, Justin Thomas, for my partner and our insider, Roy Cummings, I'm Mike Neighbors. We'll talk to you next time.